NBA Hall of Fame player Rick Barry might be 77 years of age, but he's well on his way to achieving his pickleball goals. Although just starting to play pickleball two years ago, his high-level tennis background has propelled him in the sport that he now loves. This is a must-listen-to podcast as Rick's energy and enthusiasm are evident for his new favorite sport. Let's get to the intro to hear more from Rick. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire Podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I would like to welcome to the Pickleball Fire Podcast, NBA Hall of Famer, Rick Barry. Welcome, Rick. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. And I think it should be more than just, you know, the fire thing. This is kind of like a, like a, a major forest fire what's happening with pickleball it's encompassing the entire world pickleball is just blowing everything away the fastest growing sport in the country it's amazing how many people i talked to who said yeah i gotta get into that i heard about that if they had it's just it's amazing what's happening to, to this sport and it's a great sport truly is i wish i had gotten into it years ago yes i agree don't we all and you know what i have to say rick i would have never imagined that i would interview an NBA Hall of Famer before I actually have interviewed any pickleball Hall of Famers. Well, I don't know. Have, did they have a pickleball Hall of Fame yet? I don't know. Do they? They actually do. They actually do. Oh, I, they? you know, I, they probably have maybe 10 members or so, and I just haven't had a chance to uh, connect with anybody. So anyways, so happy that you're Scott, on. Scott, Scott, is Scott Moore in there? He should be with all the titles that he's won over the years. He's a friend of mine. His kids and my kids kind of grew up together in Colorado Springs. They played flag football together. And one of his sons was on the, the state championship tennis team with my son. And so, yeah, so I, I knew about pickleball and heard about Scott and everything, but wasn't really introduced it, introduced to it till about two years ago. Well, nice. And actually, I, I do know Scott. I He was one of my very first interviews. And while he is not yet in the Pickleball Hall of Fame, I'm sure he will be someday because he's absolutely deserving of it and a great guy, too. Yeah, he's uh, he's a great ambassador for it. You know, he goes all over the world, putting trips together and teaching lessons and doing whatever. In fact, actually, my youngest son, Canyon, actually plays is good enough to actually play against him. <laughs> so that's uh, that's kind of fun. He plays. They've had some good matches in Colorado Springs when, when we were back in Colorado when I'm not in Florida. Yeah, he must be a heck of a player, too. So actually, I did want to touch on, it sounds like you had heard about pickleball for a while before you started. How did you actually first begin to play? Well, my, my wife said you could try it. She went out and did it. And she said, honey, I think you'll love it. And so I said, well, yeah, sure. I love anything that's of a competitive nature. I played a lot of tennis and was a pretty good tennis player and had you know, did a lot of exhibitions and got to play with and against some great players. I mean, I actually played against Pete Sampras and that was a great story. I was doing team tennis in Sacramento. I got to know the people there and I was kind of like their official mascot. And it was really crazy because over a number of years when they were playing, anytime I went to the match, they never lost. So they said, well, we got the, we got the playoffs coming up. You got to come make sure you come up and come up to the match. Cause that was kind of like their good luck charm. And, and, and so I was playing a lot of exhibitions. I played with Mark Knowles, one of the great doubles players in, in the world during his time. And so we were playing, uh, going to be an exhibition against the team owners who was a college tennis player. And he was going to play with Mark and I was going to get to play with Pete Sampras. And so I told him, I said, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do that. They said, what are you crazy? You get to play with Pete Sampras. I said, I know. I said, but I'm going to tell you why not. And I did it actually in front of the fans. So I grabbed the mic and I said, folks, 
I appreciate you all being here. I said, I'm looking forward to this match coming up. Now I'm going to tell you something that you all probably think I'm out of my mind that I'm turning down a chance to actually team up with Pete Sampras in this exhibition. And I said, I'm going to tell you the rationale behind that, because if we lose, who do you think is going to get the blame for the loss? It certainly is not going to be Pete Sampras. And if we win, Who's going to get the credit for it? It's going to be Pete Sampras. I said, and I like to be competitive. And plus, I've played with Mark Knowles, and we've yet to lose in any exhibition I've played in. So I have nothing to lose and everything to gain by playing with my guy, Mark Knowles. So, Pete, bring your best stuff because I'm coming after you. So it was kind of fun. Everybody laughed. And we had a really good match. And we actually did beat Pete and, and the owner of the team. And so that was kind of fun. And that's that's just the kind of way that I roll. I, I like the challenge. And I said, I got to play against Pete Sampras. And and I get on it because he come on, Pete, you got to try to ace me. And he did, of course. And I said, but I'm going to come back after you. So it was fun. I, I mean, stuff like that was great. And I know Jimmy Connor as well and John McEnroe and Chrissy Everett and had a lot of great stories with tennis that I used to, you know, got involved with. In fact, actually, Tony Roach, actually, I'm, I'm not a drinker, but he actually owes me a couple of six packs of Aussie beer because he bet me I could not ace Chris Everett when he was doing team tennis down in Phoenix and, and she was on the team. And I aced her a bunch of times and he never did give me the beer, but that's okay because I don't drink anyway. But I've had a lot of great experiences with Billie Jean King, Rosie Casals. I mean, so many of the women players got to play in a lot of great exhibitions and, and playing a lot of different tournaments. Uh, with celebrity stuff. So it was fun. I, I love tennis, but then it just beat my body up. I mean, I'm, you know, I, 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 I serve 140 miles an hour and stuff. So my shoulder, then you get the tennis elbow, then it was hard on my knees. And so when I got introduced to pickleball, I said, wow, this is unbelievable. It's fast. It's, it takes skill. You have to learn the differences and the variances in the rules. So you're not going in the kitchen, which I used to hate when I first started, because I mean, come on, I hit a ball behind the line. It goes past the person. But if my momentum carries me into the kitchen, I lose the point. Well, the point was already over. So, but they, you know, I, I've adapted learning how to dink, do all the good stuff, but I, I love it. And it doesn't beat my body up. That's the thing that's really great about it. Absolutely. And I really love the fact that, you know, you have a tremendous sports background and you have found pickleball recently. Tell me a little bit about, you know, obviously tennis is going to transfer really well in terms of, you know, to pickleball, but what, what about, you know, what do you bring from your basketball game and maybe from your golf game to pickleball? Well, well golf brings nothing because golf is no, there's nothing reactionary to the game of golf. So it really playing golf doesn't help you with pickleball because I mean, it really doesn't. There is, you know, the ball sits there. That's what makes it so hard. That stupid thing just sits there. There's nothing reactionary at all to playing golf. And there's so many different shots you have to have. I tell it was the most difficult sport I've ever played in my life. In fact, I just told somebody today that I've been going around telling everybody that golf is just, it's too difficult to really be super fun if you're a perfectionist like I am, but it's also a sport that really can never be mastered. You know, not that any sport can be totally mastered, but you certainly can get to the point where you just don't have the ups and downs that you have in golf. I mean, look what's happened to some of the greatest golfers in the world. I mean, David Duvall, number one, and he disappeared. And look at the trials and tribulations of Tiger Woods and all these other guys that were number one. It's such a difficult sport. And I asked Jack Nicholas when I was with him last year, I think it was, I said, Jack, am I wrong in telling everybody that golf is a sport that can't be mastered? He said, no, you're absolutely right, Rick. <laughs> so uh, that's why I like I like pickleball. I mean, it's, uh, it's it, every game, when you think about it, is a game of mistakes. Team that makes the fewest mistakes in team sports winds up usually winning. Individual sports, the same way. What's the big thing you count in, in same thing in pickleball and in tennis, what? Unforced errors, Right. You make a mistake. If you make the fewest mistakes, generally you're going to win. And But the beauty of the sport is that it's in doubles, especially you don't have to be running all over the court. I really, 
I'm so tempted to want to play doubles. I mean, singles because, but I'm just, I just don't want to do it. I have no cartilage in my left knee. Thank God I'm taking a product called biogenesis that has made my knee feel unbelievable. I don't have to take any prescription drugs and stuff for it, but I'm afraid if I played singles, the amount of running and stopping and stuff I would have to do that I would beat my knee up to the point that I wouldn't be able to continue to play pickleball and do all the other things that I can do. And the reason I like to do it because when you play singles, it's only on you. It's just all about me. I can get as mad as myself as I want. I don't have to worry about my partner, whether they make a good shot, a bad shot. I can do it all on myself. I can be as hard on myself as I want to be, despite what all the psychologists say about, you know, don't be so hard on yourself. Hell, I can be hard on myself. Why shouldn't I be hard on myself? Because I respond to that. And so I would love to do it because I would love to be able to win. My goal would then would be to win a U.S. Open championship in my age group and my skill level. In pickleball, I mean, that's the kind of challenges I like. I was able to win some world-long driving championships in my age group. Now I have the pickleball. And now it's kind of like that fine intervention. I was trying to get into the U.S. Open down in Naples this month. And there were so many people from last year because they canceled it all that I just didn't get in. And I had a great partner, Ted Myers, who was a former national champion, always going to play with me. I met him playing up at the Villages where they have just amazing pickleball. Actually, I'll drive two hours to go up there stay with some friends and spend a couple of days to get to play some great pickleball, which helped me has helped me a lot to get a lot better as a player. And so we couldn't get in Ted and I, and then out of, out of the blue, somebody called Rick, there's a lady that needs a partner. Her, her partner dropped out as far as mixed doubles goes. And so she, I talked to her on the phone, we hit it off and I was just, oh, I'd love to have you play with me. So now I got in as mixed doubles. Then I just get a call this morning on the last day of doing stuff from a guy whose partner, unfortunately something happened. And now he was recommended by Ted. He's, he's going to play with Ted in one of the open divisions. And he said, Ted said, well, you want to ask Rick Barry if he wants to play. And so he calls me and I said, yeah. So now it looks like I'm going to play in both men's doubles and mixed doubles in the U.S. Open. So I've got a chance to possibly win two titles. And that's what I'm going to shoot for. Nice. So I, I don't know anything about your partners. What age groups are you going to be playing in? I'll, play, I'll, I'll be playing 70 plus. I'll play down because I'm 77. So I'll play down. I'm going to play play mixed doubles in four O's and uh, seventy plus, and then I'll I'm, I'm I'll play up with with Greg, who is a former really good tennis player and all. And the thing he told me that I love, he says I can still move and get around, Rick. I said, well, that's good to hear because you know I've played a little bit before, and not everybody that's up in their seventies or whatever moves around all too well. And so I'm looking forward to meeting him and getting a chance to play with him just before the the actual open takes place. And so we'll be playing in the 70 plus 4.5 men's. Now you were talking a little bit about movement. How is your movement on the pickleball court? I'm pretty good for a guy my age, I would think. I mean, I, 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 I still can get after it. I mean, I don't go as fast as I used to, but my hands are still good. I still have uh, you know good reaction to different things and I'm getting better learning how to do it. You don't have to hit everything hard, obviously. Although I'll tell you, a lot of people are really getting into the power game now in, in pickleball, and but it doesn't always work, to be honest with you. I'd much rather have somebody hit me a really super hard shot that I can just use my reactionary skills and abilities to, and I'll do really well with that. And it's the little touch things, you know, learning how to think, learning how to take the right time. I'm working on a lot of different things and getting a lot better at it, but I also learned to do it that it's more about placement. You can place the ball in the right spot. You can create a lot of problems for people and you don't always have to hit it hard. In fact, a lot of times when you hit it hard, you get yourself in trouble. So what do you find challenging about the game of pickleball? 
just trying to win. <laughs> it's all about the winning, isn't it? It's, I mean, the dinks were the hardest thing. I mean, somebody tall, even I have long arms, you still got to learn. I have to get myself to bend and then understanding things. Probably my biggest fault is that I've learned the three critical shots, obviously don't hit your serves into the net or long, keep the serve in play. Don't try to hit aces because it's not like tennis where I could ace people and hit at 135 miles an hour and cut it off the court and nobody could return it. You don't try to go for aces when you're playing pickleball and you just get the ball in play. But the critical shot obviously is a nice deep return after your serve, keep it in place, get a nice deep return and get to the line. You got to get to the kitchen line. I mean, you got to be up there to be able to dominate. My problem is, is then to force the third shot drop is critical. And so I'm really getting, I'm starting to really get a nice feel to be able to get that shot because it's so important, but sometimes I'll do it and I hit a nice shot and I stand there and admire my freaking shot instead of following it in and getting to the line. And I get myself in trouble when I don't do that. And I really get upset when I do that. And then of course, the other one is, is that if you're going to miss a shot, Get it a little bit higher. Get it over the net because you have no chance if you don't get it over the net. If you get it over the net, crazy things can happen. Somebody there can miss an easy put away shot, which happens all the time. So I'm just learning that you try, like in most sports, minimize the mistakes that you're making. Learn from the mistakes that you make and don't repeat the mistakes that you're making over and over again. You have to eliminate the silly errors, the unforced errors. Now, as you've gone along your path in terms of pickleball and improving and learning all these shots, are you somebody who gets out on the court and practices and drills, or is it mostly just during the course of a game? It's mostly during the course of a game. I will practice a little bit sometime, but and when I'm with players, especially when I'm up in Colorado Springs, a lot of really good players and people up there, you get a chance to get some good action in and practice. When I go to the when I go up to the villages, I have an opportunity to to do that as as well. There are a lot of great players up there, and they're always willing to to do some things to help you out because they love they love the game up there. I mean, it's there's so many great players up there at the villages. It's worth the two hour drive to go up there. And I and I actually did get to play when I play with one of the really good players who hadn't played competitively for for quite some time, Dick Scott, who's up there, he's kind of like the mayor of, of, of pickleball up there. And I did get to play with that in a tournament. We got to the finals against two guys that had, had been really good players in, in open competition and all. And unfortunately uh, we had to wait so long in between it. And Dick, you know, he had a little sp- slight pull of a hamstring. He has a uh, loose cartilage. His movement was, uh, was not the best. He admits to that. And I think he never really got loose in that first game when we got crushed, but then we were coming back in the second game when he got loose and he pulled another hamstring. And so we didn't have a chance. We were actually up nine, eight in the second game and he pulled his hamstring. So that was, that was kind of the end of it, but it was great. It was great to play against better people. I, I, I'd rather play against better people forcing me to have to play better and win than to win with no competition. Now you had mentioned, I think that your son plays pickleball. Who is the best pickleball player in your family? My son's 27 years old. I think I can rest and stop it on that. And he's a professional athlete. So, <laughs> and he was a state, he was a state doubles champion twice in, in, in college. And he was the state badminton champion in Colorado when he was in high school. So I, I don't think that's a question. If that just kind of answers itself as far as who's the better player. In fact, I was so disappointed. He just, Got done playing in the G League, and he's on the USA 3x3 national team for for three-on-three basketball for the Olympics. And he had played really well. He just had a training session with his team. He comes back, was playing pickup ball, and, and he winds up, you know, just spraining his ankle. And now he's going into rehab and trying to get himself ready to be able to 
start training at the beginning of May to be able to go to the qualifying tournament, where if they finish third or better, then the, the USA team will qualify for the Olympics. And so I was disappointed because so he this in fact I was supposed to be playing this weekend coming up. He and I were supposed to play in a moneyball tournament uh, together. I convinced them to do that and figure in playing with him, I could be good because he can cover a whole lot of court. He's got a 40-inch vertical. He's athletic as could be. And yeah, he's a very, very good player. Well, all right. Then in in terms of, you know, pickleball and you know, basketball and NBA players and pro players, any any other pro players out there are, uh, that you know of playing some pickleball? Well, I actually just played pickleball with one of the great professional golfers who just came in third in the match play title this past weekend. Matt Kuchar, who went to school with two of my boys, with John and, and, and Drew at uh, Georgia Tech. And uh, he was a tennis player, I think, in high school as well. His, his wife, Sybil, uh, was uh, she was a college tennis player at Georgia Tech also. And my wife and I played them. And we, we had great match. They beat us one, we beat them, and then they beat us in the third game. And so that was pretty good. We were giving up, you know, 20-plus years to them and had a great match. But he's a very good player, very good pickleball player. And then I got to play Jason Williams, a former NBA player, the one who played for the Nets, not the not white chocolate, the best, the, the point guard. He was in a – we did an exhibition over across the state over in Delray Beach, I did something for the for the first responders, a special thing they did. So I drove over to do that, and so you know, he's playing some. And I think it's a sport that the athletes, the basketball. If I was playing basketball, like a lot of guys play golf and do that all the time in the off season. But I tell you what, this it, this would be a very good sport for a basketball player to play in the off season to not beat your body up and to still be able to work on your movement, your lateral movement, the footwork, your eye hand coordination. And not, you know, worry about, you know, beating your body up so much. I think it would be a great compliment and be a great sport for for uh, pro basketball players to to get into. Yes, and my understanding is that the Dallas Mavericks Luka Doncic plays. Well, that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I think it's smart that he does that. I mean, he's a very talented player. I mean, a big surprise. Never expected him to be the player that he is because uh, never having seen him or heard much about him at all. But. He's, he's a great basketball player, and I, I would imagine because of his court vision, his eye-hand coordination, and all the other things and skills it requires to be a top-level professional basketball player, that it would equate well to, to pickleball. And I would assume that he's probably a very good pickleball player. One of the things that you mentioned, too, is that, you know, I know you're pretty tall. I think I read you're about six seven. How, you know, how much does that help you on the court? Do you think that's a huge advantage in pickleball to be that okay. tall? No question. I wish I was still six seven though. I shrunk some. I had a bad bicycle accident and was in a wheelchair for three months. And then you get old, you shrink. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not anywhere near as tall as I used to be. And I never had exceptionally long arms. But yeah, the longer your arms, as long as you got the quick reactions and stuff, it's a tremendous advantage because you can reach and get the balls. In fact, when I played tennis, some of the guys I played against when I played singles, they would get so frustrated because they would hit shots that would normally be passing shots against a normal sized person. But I had really good reaction and things and I could react. And I had the, you know, the longer arms, obviously I would wind up putting away balls that they hit that would normally probably be passing shots against some other players. So it, it was a problem. And then of course, trying to lob is not the greatest idea. I mean, they can do that now because I can't move and do the things I used to do when I was younger, but even now it's still an issue and a problem for people, you know, trying to lob me because of having the, you know, having the size. So it's definitely an advantage in, in pickleball to have, have that reach. Do you ever think it's a disadvantage being that tall? No, not really. The only disadvantage of being tall is that 
they don't a lot of times make the seats on airplanes if you don't get the exit row seat and other places if you have to fly coach they don't put enough leg room in there for you when you're tall i don't think they give a lot of consideration to tall people and the biggest problem when i was my normal six seven and a half without shoes on six eight with shoes on is that door jams and stuff if somebody knew the door jam which i think were usually six eight I, boy, so many times I would hit my head walking through a door and say, oh my God, because they, they didn't build it to spec. So it was a little below six, eight. And so I'd wind up hitting my head on the top of door jams. So that was kind of frustrating, but I don't think it's a disadvantage at all. And, and uh, not, not, not in tennis either. I think if I grew up, if I grew up playing tennis, I would have been, you know, much, much better player because I would have been used to, you know, getting bent down, doing the things you have to do. But the advantage on serve, I remember once I went to John Gardner's tennis camp back out in California and Arizona, and I got to know John through my team doctor and went down to one of his places. And he's talked to me at the baseline and he put a string on the racket in the sweet spot. And he said, okay, Rick, hold it up, just standing there and stretch up where you're going to be like you're serving and reaching for the ball. And he took it and brought it back and put the line, the string down on the back service, on the on the receiver, on the, you know, the block and uh, the service box. And so I could hit the ball literally eight inches flat over the net and get it in the box. That's an incredible advantage in tennis. And so I can, I, I don't care who it was, but I could play against, you know, Roger Federer or Nadal, whoever it was. And if I'm serving with some of my serves, there's no way they're going to get the ball back. The fast ones, maybe, yes, but not if I cut, I can cut a ball off the court so wide because I can get it over the net that they're, they're, they would never, they could never get a racket on it. And so can you imagine if I had grown up learning how to play the game and had all of the other strokes and had that kind of a serve, you know, and be able to hit it 140 miles an hour, but also angle it off and put it where I want to put it. What an advantage that is. And then go into the net. In fact, John even said to me, I remember, he said, Rick, with your thing, you haven't played all that much. He said, the worst thing is don't ever stay back and get into a rally with people because they're going to beat you. You haven't played enough to be able to hit it, you know, 50, 40 times in a row. He said, you serve and you go in, make them pass you. And that's what I always did when I played. I'd serve and I'm going into the net. You're going to beat me. You're going to have to pass me. Yeah, makes sense. So do you ever see yourself playing singles in pickleball? I know you I mentioned I it. I really, I, I'm giving so much thought to it, especially at, at my age group. I would imagine I would have a distinct advantage. I can't imagine there's that, that many people playing pickleball that age playing at the high level. I would imagine if I'm playing at that age, I'd have to play five Oh, but, and I, you know, but the bottom line is, is that I think I could have a chance to win a U.S. open championship in pickleball and singles whether it's four five or five Oh, because I can't imagine there's that many players out there who would be in good enough shape to be able to beat me because of my athleticism and, and my size. So I think I would have, a, I think I would have an advantage. Now I could always be wrong, but you know, it'd be fun trying it, but I just, I'm just afraid because I'm so lucky to be able to do what I can do after the operation I had with all the pins and rods and screws I had because of my pelvis is fractured in six places and I was in a six and a half hour operation. And I thank God for Dr. Patel about at Denver for putting me back together again. In fact, I joked with him. I said, who said they can't put Humpty Dumpty back together again? And he did that for me. And so I, but with my knee, with no cartilage in there and it's feeling great because as again, I take this product called biogenesis all natural. I don't have to take a prescription drug to, to keep the soreness and everything else down. And it's been feeling great. So do I want to jeopardize that in order just to do the singles thing? I, my wife's saying, well, maybe you should. And I, so I said, I just don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll do it. But if I'm going to do it, I have to do it for next year. I can't be putting it off because I'm not getting any younger. 
Yeah, we can all say that that's for certain. So in terms of your pickleball goals, I know you've got some goals for the U.S. Open. What do you see happening beyond that? And, and that could be, you know, on the court things or off the court things. Well, I'm actually starting up something that's really cool thing. Uh, it's going to be American Pickleball Co-op uh, doing that with uh, Scott Kufus and, and Harris Williams. And they're both into pickleball big time. And we're going to create something that's uh, not been done before. And I think it's going to be great and get people to be a part of it and give them all kinds of benefits and opportunities to get totally immersed in the pickleball world and do some very interesting things that you'll have to check it out sometime because it's, it's, it's starting to come on board now. I've brought a lot of companies and people I know, like I have a company called Go Sleeves that I think it's like make some of the greatest knee sleeves and stuff for your, for your calves. And they're doing things and working for the elbow as well. They're going to do some hamstring stuff. They're, they're amazing. And they have kinesio tape that's already in there. A part of the product. It's I, I don't even, I don't have to wear stuff. But I wear these. I wear these sleeves when I play all the time now, and it just gives you such a wonderful feeling. You just feel secure with them on, and and it's been great with not not having my knee feel you know really getting sore and having to ice it down afterwards. I don't even ice down, and you know stuff like that. That's just really cool stuff. And then the other thing is some other products that that I'm involved with that are also helping the CBD world, obviously with Medisaleaf, which is, who's a big sponsor of the PPA, which is great because I'm doing stuff with them. So I get to go to a lot of the PPA tournaments and get to play, played in the one up in Tampa and and, and Simone's deal and was able to be successful doing that. And so that's what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to be traveling around promoting the pickleball co-op and promoting Medisaleaf, which is a great CBD product. It's one of the best products I've seen. I, I'm also involved in a company that actually produces stuff, but they don't have their own brand. They sell to other people. And so I know a lot about that world. And it, the biggest problem is just knowing if you're getting high quality stuff. And so these people have super high quality stuff. In fact, some of the strongest stuff I've ever seen. And I use it before I go out to play and afterwards and, and find it to be extremely helpful. And so that's uh, that's fun. And we're going to try to bring all kinds of good stuff to the people who are part of the pickleball co-op and talking with people engage is nice enough. I use the engage engage paddles. And so uh, I do things, you know, with engage and we're working on trying to have them get involved as well. And all kinds of other areas uh, that I'm involved with that have things that are good for you, healthy. I'm in, I'm in really, thank God. I thank God every night. I'm in incredible shape for somebody my age and feel terrific. I mean, I don't feel any differently than I felt. I tell people that I was in my fifties, and I just don't run as fast or jump as high, but I feel great. And I always try to take care of my body. And I'm someone trying to bring a lot of these things that I've had the good fortune of being exposed to and, and utilizing over the years to the people in the pickleball co-op, the same thing. We're probably going to be talking, going to talk to Scott about doing some things and maybe teaming up with him for doing some of the pickleball trips and doing some things with Scott as well. And and it's going to be, uh, it, it's it's a great enterprise. Another cool thing we're going to bring out is maybe a thing called Cholesterate. You know, Dr. Cade, who uh, invented Gatorade, is the one that created this. And so Jim Price, a guy here down in Florida who I got to meet and know, will probably try to do that and make that available to people. Another thing that I use called L-Arginine that I've been using for years, it's great with Reservatol. They're going to be a part of that, offering people, you know, super discounts and stuff to be members. So if people join our club, they'll get so many membership benefits and all. It's way beyond what their cost is to join and be a part of the co-op. They'll have all these other benefits and can save a lot of money and keep them healthier and enjoy the great sport of pickleball. And so if people want to find out more about the pickleball co-op, where would they do that? Pickleballcoop.com. Yeah. Pickleballcoop.com. No, no dash in between. Pickleballcoop.com. 
And have you actually launched the pickleball co-op at this point? Yeah, it's it's really just gotten started. He's put it, and we're 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 adding things on a regular basis, and so it's uh, it's really in its infancy right now. It's exciting. We've had a lot of a lot of tremendous interest from a lot of different people. If people want to go, they can go to the ghostsleeves.com and there, and if you go there, put RB24 as the as the promo code, and uh, you'll get a get a nice extra discount for any of the products you buy there and have another incredible hydrus product which is actually called hydrus for hydration this thing has nanoparticles and all and i've tasted some of the competition stuff out there and i don't think there's any comparison but i'd actually just had some that i gave to a, a lady who plays a lot and she's a big lady and all and she you know perspires a lot and she was telling me the story she just played in the tournament in tampa that i played and she was having incredible cramps in her hands and everything else is going on and and, uh, and she has a cramping problem all the time and she's tried everything. And I just had her some stuff and she wrote back to me. She said, I just played the last two days. It was super hot doing everything. She said, not an issue whatsoever. She said, said, thank you so much for the product. So it's an amazing hydration product, been tested by SWAT teams and athletic teams and swim teams and everybody's raving about it. And then I was just actually jumping on the pickleballcoop.com site. So it looks like a membership site. And from what you've described, there's, you know, tons of advantages of being a member. Is that working out to be, you know, like a monthly fee? Is it, is it all online? Are there in-person events? Tell me a little bit more. No, well, there's going to be all kinds of events. We're going to be adding things all the time and bringing new things on to just continually give the people who pay their membership fee to do it. And no, it's not, you know, it's just a, a, a nice fee on a yearly basis. And as you see over there, you you, you can't even see it because it's really not up to where it was. We, we have about a half a dozen different things that will be added to it right now that we're in the final stages of finalizing with the various people. But it's one of those things that every couple of weeks we're going to be adding new elements to it, new opportunities for the members to be able to take advantage of their membership and you know, and basically more than pay for what the nominal fee is to be, and you can do as little or as much as you want. If you want to become one of our ambassadors, it's a little bit more to do it. And then people have a chance to do that. They might even be able to make a few bucks themselves doing it, but they can get immersed in it as much or as little as they want. So uh, that's the interesting thing. The two gentlemen, as I talked about, Scott, Scott Kufis and Harris Williams uh, are great marketers. They've, they've made their living and been very, very successful in doing that. And both of them are pickleball fanatics, just like I am. In fact, I know that Scott's traveling around to all the PPA events and all. In fact, he just won a singles title playing in his age group and his his level of play. And so he's going to be going to all those tournaments as well. And and you can you can actually use this. And the, the great part about it, if you join on the one certain membership, you can use it, become a part of the company. And we're going out and trying to go ahead and get people to be a part of it. You can actually do that and, and use it as a and become a business for yourself. And so you can go to the tournaments, do the other things if you're that much engrossed in it and use it as, as a business. And it's, it's pretty interesting. Very, very interesting. So I'm excited. Actually I should be, but they couldn't find me a partner. I was going to go down there playing the PPA tournament down uh, in Southern California this weekend. And so, but I didn't, I wasn't able to go down there because they couldn't get me a partner to play. I, I said, well, I'm like, I don't want to fly all the way out there if I can't get to play. And you know, I don't want to just be sitting at the booth the whole time. So, but I'm going to go play in Atlanta where my son is. And uh, he hooked me up with a few people over there that I'll play mixed doubles and, and men's doubles when I go there to Atlanta and then try to go to some of the other events that they have. And just always looking for an opportunity to play. And playing is fine. And I was playing every day this week, but there's nothing comparable to being in a tournament where you're actually competing. And that, that's, that's what I love. That's the thing I miss most when I had to retire is having that little 
adrenaline rush to the little butterflies in the stomach knowing you go out there to compete. That's why I did the long driving in golf. It's just kind of an inherent thing that I learned to love. And that's what I miss more. It's not just not, it doesn't have to be basketball. It's not just playing basketball, which I would miss terribly if I ever thought about it, but I don't, but it's the idea of competing. I, I just love to compete. And, and, and so this is what pickleball is now providing you with that opportunity on a fairly consistent basis. And so I'm really excited about what the, what the future holds and hopefully God will be kind enough to allow me to stay healthy enough to continue to do this. Cause my goal in life right now is not for not the pickleball end of winning, obviously winning a U.S. open championship would be great or some other title, but I want to be a hundred years old and hopefully be healthy enough to go fly fishing, which is another of my passions up in Alaska. So my goal is to be healthy enough and go fly fishing at a hundred years old. And maybe it'll be the stuff that I'll force the pickleball world because I see they only go up to about 90. So maybe I can go ahead and be somebody there and go ahead and win a title when I'm in my nineties. Well, all right. It's been great having you on the podcast today. It sounds like you've got lots of goals in pickleball, lots of goals, you know, in your sports competition future, which might not be pickleball, but anyways, Rick, it was so great to have you on the podcast today. Appreciate your time so much. Oh, my pleasure. I always love talking about things that I actually do love, and I do love pickleball. So thank you for having me. All right. Well, great to hear. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes.